Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, call me. My main man, quickly. Before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape? Then where the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have Reed and Ben back on the uh, Escape Pod today, just chatting about Jedi Fallen Order. It's been a while since this game came out, but we're going to be giving it a huge discussion, uh, some lore, some uh, some review, uh, just what we thought on the game. Major spoilers ahead for anyone who has not played through it fully, and uh, a bit of uh, spoilers kind of dropped in uh, about Clone Wars and Rebels as well because this game has many ties to many different things. So uh, without further ado, let's chat to Reed and Ben about this game. Another happy landing. We've lost. The Empire's hunting Jedi survivors. Now, they know who you are. I can't change the past. You trespass, Jedi. But I'm done hiding. Cal Kestis. struggle. It's the choice to keep fighting that makes us who we are. Alright. It's a cool trailer. And that music that you're hearing is uh, Stephen Barton and Gordy have the composers of the game. Uh, Gordy also worked on Battlefront 2 and Indiana Jones, The Staff of Kings, which is an old LucasArts game back in the day. But uh, yeah, the music in this game is phenomenal. But before I get right into here, I just want to introduce Reed and Ben. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, man. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming back. It's just a just a fun time, chat about Star Wars, all that stuff. But um, yeah, just like off the bat, how do you guys find this game? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, totally agree. I think it was one of the best Star Wars games I've played in a long time. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's, it's got a solid, it's got a really solid story, but I think, like, one of the best things about it is that it feels so theatrical. Like, when you, when you play the game, just beginning to end, you get a full story arc of the characters, and you get, you know, just great music, and, like, the visuals are awesome, and, I don't know, I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, kind of single-player story games like that. I don't know about you guys, but, um, but, well, no, you know, yeah, I love having, I've always loved playing those games. I mean, since, because that's, pretty much all we had back in the day right before like online gaming really became a thing so mm -hmm. i always love like a good story it's like reading a really good book right like except instead of having to think up the images like you're able to experience it for yourself yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i think my favorite game growing up other than maybe star wars battlefront was uh um star wars uh 
oh, what was it called? Um, sorry, I just. Oh, did you? It was that strategy game, right? No, I, I mean that that was definitely awesome. It was uh, it was Force Unleashed. That's the game I was thinking. Oh, of. Force Unleashed. Oh, yeah. Force Unleashed. Yeah. That was such yeah. a good game. <laughs> oh man, uh, played first and second one through. I think I played the first one seven times through. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I yeah. loved it. That's a lot. It. Yeah, it was yeah. great. But uh, this this game had just that that element of like Star Wars first person you know action adventure game that that game had said this was canon obviously way better graphics the music was better and it, it tied into the star wars universe a lot better because they did create a lot of the characters mm-hmm. in force unleashed and maybe the the force abilities were a little bit over the top but uh with this one <laughs> just a little yeah. bit yeah. Yeah, just, just a little force, the force, force unleashed <laughs> yeah yeah but no, no that's was, a good point yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's that's one of the things i really liked about this game is that it wasn't like i i because, yeah, Force Unleashed wasn't exactly uh, canon for the most part, and so it was kind of mm-hmm. refreshing to see, kind of, like, not the over-the-top uh, effects that we got with, like, Force Unleashed and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a good point, because this is kind of the only... Uh, it's one of the few games that we actually have in the canon, and I would say it's probably the only decent full-length game that we've got, because the yeah. campaign in Battlefront 2, even though it was canon, it was really short. Oh, yeah, super short. Yeah, it was cool, but like, and, and the story was was like it was a good story, and and the character of Iden Versio was pretty awesome. But uh, I just feel like we didn't get enough out of that campaign. And uh, you know, as far as mobile games go, like there was a mobile game that came out kind of after Disney bought the company, and I, I forget exactly what it was called, but it was a it was it was based on Bespin, and uh, uh, oh man, I, I'm trying to remember here, but they, they ended up. Public? No, it was like it was like a mobile. It was like a mobile Star Wars game. Um, uh, hold on a second. Let me just look it up here. Star Wars mobile game, and uh, it, it was uh, it was kind of based after Episode Six, and it took place. Oh, Star Wars Uprising. There you go. Star Wars Uprising, twenty fifteen, and um, it was a canonical game uh, set after the events of Return of the Jedi, and it was twenty fifteen. It says it came out September tenth on iOS and Android. And, um, that's pretty much it. It just, it, it was basically killed off a year later though. And I, I'm not entirely sure why, uh, it was made by Kabam, uh, like the, the app developer studio. And I'm not entirely sure why they, why they stopped the, the service for that game. But yeah, they, it only, it got killed off like a year later. And, and yet somehow the story kind of, even though it is canon, like even though the game's not playable or accessible anymore there's some things that they actually took from that story being canon material and like translated it into other things and kind of referenced that that game like in through some of the some of the other source material so i thought that was kind of interesting that they still kind of keep it as a point of reference even though it's not really a uh, accessible anymore did you guys ever play that no can't say i did I oh did. yeah that was a game uh, okay yeah I, I played it only briefly and i don't know i couldn't really get into it but um yeah but uh, anyway so um how did you guys find the characters in this game uh i really liked all the characters yeah, yeah. i mean no complaints really like great like this there wasn't a lot that i really had a problem with this with this game like it was really good all around first time we see a, a ginger jedi <laughs> yeah <laughs> no yeah so i guess that's, that's true that's cool i guess <laughs> yeah 
yeah yeah there's there's um uh, and then we had um <clears throat> what else we have we had uh we had greece uh the um the alien aboard uh, the ship that uh, you're riding around in he kind of acts like this um almost like this stepdad kind of character uh you know yeah. older older kind of kind of grumbling little man that kind of eventually opens up to you a bit more and um yeah no it was it was it was interesting to see see his kind of involvement with the game as well but um uh, we had a pretty interesting character uh seer which was the jedi master uh kind of throughout throughout the uh, the game that you discover that she was uh, she was once a jedi master and it's kind of uh, similar to luke skywalker has cl- closed herself off from the force because of a choice that she once made and um I think Ben, you've read the the backstory on this character uh, through the uh, the miniseries that happened called uh, Dark Temple. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, how about you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so she was Eno Cordova's apprentice, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. And this, uh, yeah, the the five part comic series kind of takes you through uh, an arc, where, just to give you uh, a bit of backstory on who Seer Jindo was before she closed herself off from the force and what she looked like um, under Eno. Uh, and yeah, it was really cool to see. She was actually quite an impulsive Jedi. Like she, she made some rash decisions. She, uh, for example, in the first comic, they're on a, a planet. Um, I can't remember the name, but they're trying to solve a dispute between some, some monks that are native to the planet and some Trandosians that uh, are in conflict. And uh, Seer kind of just jumps the gun straight to uh, assuming the Trandosians are wrong because they're pirates and uh, ends up ticking one off. They attack her and she ends up killing a whole bunch of them. And then uh, Cordova ends up coming out of his meeting with the uh, the priests and sees this like battle going on outside his tent. And he's like, I just found out that these priests stole some of the guns from the Trandosians. And she's like mid slicing one and a half like, oh, whoops. Uh, so kinda, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah so it's uh they kind of start her off like that and then obviously the next scene it flips to her uh being presented before the council and they're like all right thank you for uh you know thank you for resolving the issue uh here that was terrible <laughs> like you, you know you need to and they basically just tell her she's got to reel reel it in and keep her emotions in check and so by mm-hmm. setting that precedent uh the net the very next uh scene is them uh them being basically being told to go to um a planet called um Untotho. yeah Untotho, and it's where this uh this new ally of the republic is uh, has just been i guess signed on as uh, as an ally and uh they were asked to go there because one of the interests that the republic or the jedi order had is they had a, an ancient temple there that um when a, a previous Jedi who had gone, he could sense something off the Force about it. And so uh, Cordova, being the, the Jedi Temple's kind of expert on ancient cultures, particularly Force-wielding cultures, uh, they sent him there as well. So he uh, he and Seer basically just start this, this journey where they suddenly find out there's two factions that are opposing each other, and the, the faction that controls most of the planets, the one that signed the agreement with the Republic, uh, the other faction, who you, you kind of get made out to be the bad guys, uh, called the the Phylar. Um, they're actually trying to protect this this temple from the uh, from the, the main organization getting its secrets. And uh, yeah, and 
I think the the coolest part that tied this whole uh, this whole comic series in uh, with Jedi Fallen Order is at the start of every comic, they, so there's five comics, um, they do a flashback, or rather a flash forward, to Trilla. And you actually see Trilla going in and exploring this temple and leading resistance while she's trying to get access to this temple. And uh, you find there's a Jedi who, who attacks her at one stage. Um, she's got a whole bunch of stormtroopers that basically just eradicate the, what's left of the Phylar at this point. Mm. And she finds uh, one of the orbs inside the temple. And so it was a really great way, I think, to kind of get some perspective onto uh, who Seer was as, a, as an apprentice mm-hmm. um, and to kind of what Cordova looked like in action rather than just as a hologram, actually to see him at a, a length a lengthy period interacting mm-hmm. with his culture, trying to dig up the history and what his relationship. Yeah, because he, he was an archaeologist of some kind, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the Jedi Council, when they when they sent him there, the strict instructions were, hey, we want you to deal with this, uh, you know, help this uh, relationship uh, with this people go. But the reason we're sending you is because we, we have a an interest in this temple there, uh, which turned out to be one of the uh, one of the temples holding the orbs um, from the Zepho. So yeah, mm-hmm. so it's really cool. I highly recommend anyone who's a big fan of the game. Uh, see if you can pick it up. They're they're out of print, but uh, I found mine at my local comic book store. It was twenty dollars for the whole series, and yep. yeah, it, it was a really great read. I'm still waiting for the uh, the soft cover volume, which is those I, those are the ones that I typically buy, and then I and then I uh, I, I let read um, uh, well I let read borrow <laughs> them to read. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ironically enough, he's actually just. Uh, did you end up finishing the the Vader Dark Lord of the Sith series there, Reed, or are you still uh, on that last volume? The fourth volume, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I'm still on the fourth volume. Okay, yeah. So it's uh, oh, Ben's got Ben's got it right there as well. He's got uh, some got of the, the Vader down. I've got the complete one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, the one that you're finishing up there, Reed, is uh, is actually um, it it takes place. That series takes place right after Revenge of the Sith, and that's actually the first time that we kind of get a big spectrum of of how uh, these uh, these Inquisitors operate and how it works and everything, and it kind of sets the scene for for uh, those villains that are kind of a primary part of this game. And um, would you say, because you're on the last volume, which is called Fortress Vader, but uh, throughout the comic series, it does set up the Fortress in- Inquisitorious and yeah. um, and all that stuff. But uh, is there anything kind of throughout that series that you noticed so far that kind of has uh, has like some big Easter eggs to like this, this game? I mean... I would say definitely, yeah, I guess, because you, I mean, you meet some of the characters. Um, one thing that kind of struck me is that, so in the uh, in the game Jedi Fallen Order, like all the uh, inquisitor, uh, the inquisitors that you meet are all uh, female, basically. And so in this, uh, in the comic books, that most of the ones you actually meet are males, and so it doesn't like it doesn't give away like a lot really but like you it's still interesting because like you see it there it it just gives you more like backstory really to like their their purpose and their mission and like why like why they were created and their relationship with uh uh vader and uh sidious as well and stuff like that and so if yeah i mean if you're hungry for more about that then 
just what you get from the the game, the little that you get from the game itself. And yeah, I would dive into those comics for sure. Yeah, yeah. So all like all great content, and these are all like great examples too of like how the canon works and how like the story kind of interweaves through multiple different things, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like that that alone is just the the Vader Dark Lord of the Sith comics, which then kind of feed into this prequel series of comics uh dark temple that ben has read and and then there's the jedi fallen order game itself and then uh and then of course there's the follow-up vader series after that which is the the one that uh ben held up one in front of uh, the zoom camera there um the vader down and the the classic vader and star wars series as well um and then along those lines we also get um we get uh the ties to star wars rebels which is also like a huge um, you know, inquisitor centric kind of uh, villainy going on in there. Um, and, and this game actually feeds really well into that series as well, because like, you know, we've, we've built up this kind of storyline over the, over the last couple of years that uh, this 20 year gap that happens or 19 year gap that happens between episode three and four, um, there's all these things that kind of like are taking place. Um, we got Rogue One and Solo that are kind of thrown in that gap, but then we have the entire Star Wars Rebel series and then all these like comics and some of the books and everything. And it's really kind of taken that legacy that Starkiller left behind as a Vader apprentice slash Jedi killer kind of character. And we've passed that legacy off to this group of, of, uh, of characters called the Inquisitorious. And, and it's a bunch of Jedi hunters that are basically going around killing all the Jedi that are left. And uh, that was that's what makes this like game so cool is that you're always on the run from these guys. Like you're you're always, you know, it's it's not exactly exciting when when like, uh, well, I mean, it can be exciting, but like it's not always exciting when you first start off the game and you're like, you know, you're already name dropping like massive characters and and everything like that. Like this game does a really good job at doing like a, a lead up to kind of the end boss battle, which you know was like a huge yeah. kind of like rogue one moment for me when i was like oh shoot like vader just showed up like this character is dead like you know you spent right? 20, yeah. hours, 20 hours investing in this game and you actually want to see him die almost because you're like he's not around in the movies like like of course he's got to die at some point uh, but you know unless he's like an ezra bridger which somehow he goes into hyperspace and leaves the galaxy or something like that but uh, but yeah like uh, <laughs> i mean there's there's uh, there's some possibilities there but it's it's really cool like that they've that they've managed to not be afraid of kind of introducing these new characters and then we get like these new interesting stories and um i don't know if you guys like uh tomb raider i know like you've got a, yeah. you've got a playstation right really like you're really into those games or well i have so i have the three new tomb raider games uh just on my pc uh i i don't think i really played the first one that much but i played i've played the other mm-hmm. new games and they're they're fantastic games and yeah like the it, like it not in a bad way the new uh Star Wars game Jedi Fallen Order is a lot like those games, just like the the type of platforming that they do. the The combat systems, in some ways, are similar. I mean, obviously, you're using a lightsaber, so and force powers, so that's mm-hmm. very different. But just how you like go through the world, like I thought that was a really great uh, fit for like a sort of platforming role playing game. Like they did a really great job, uh, and it yeah, it just fit really well. Fit well with mm-hmm. the character and the the game and the story and stuff too it was it was a lot of fun i I really enjoyed it yeah yeah so i guess um 
I guess uh, I, I kind of want to go through and and just kind of visit all the all the crazy amazing locations that we visit in this game because um, I don't know I like up, up front I just want to say like like what you kind of see as advertised uh, you actually get a lot more and and that's because like um, you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna have this in the the intro um, but. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go over like major spoiler territory here, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like there's some locations in this game that just pop up and you'd never expected to see them. Like oh, there's, yeah. there's some, there's some places I was like, Whoa, like that's in this game. Like that wasn't on the trailer or like this wasn't in the description kind of thing. Like, this is kind of cool. Like it's, it's taking me on an adventure that goes beyond my it's like free dlc or something like that uh but uh, (laughs) yeah i definitely really like that about the game because like the problem with a lot of like story centric games is that you're you're given like a 10 or 15 hour uh kind of binge and so it's it's a great experience you know that there's lots of great stuff happening blah 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 and then after that 10 15 hours there's really not any more play uh replayability past that Mm -hmm. But this game did a pretty good job of, um, like, just how they the it wasn't it wasn't really an open world game, but it gave you the option if you uh, wanted to kind of pass a certain point to spend a lot more time exploring and solving puzzles and getting yeah into like more of like the lore of what's going on and stuff like that. So, like, so they mm-hmm. had a lot of great like incentives for that. Like early on in the game, uh, it wasn't like you couldn't really. Uh, just you know, go around like run around and explore everything. Uh, you had you had to spend time like learning the game a little bit, learning some of the the skills and uh, how to get past certain puzzles and stuff like that. And then later on, if you if you so chose, like you could come back to all of those planets, uh, or uh, yep. you could just pile if you really wanted to. You could pile drive through the story, but then you'd be missing out on like a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of content. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and sp- and speaking of the story, I mean, like like there's some locations that we go to in the game in the story, and you can't revisit them. So like there's there's the there's the worlds that like you're able to kind of do that replayability, but then there's some there's some planets that 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 those surprise ones that kind of pop up mm-hmm. that just you can't really go back to. Like we saw a few of those. Uh, the opening planet was one of them. We had Ilum pop up. We had uh, the fi- the finale of the film on uh, planet Nur. Uh, we had the the whole Order sixty six cutscene. We had uh, that whole sequence when uh, your character, when Cal is on the, the 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 ship, where he has to fight his way out of that arena, that crazy yeah. place. So there's like quite a few locations that we that was like really cool. That I kind of wish that you would be able to go back to just to kind of walk through it and replay that level. And that's one feature I think this game. Um, I feel like I wish it had is just like the uh, like almost like a chapter selection. That you could go back and maybe like go to different key points in the story and just play from that point onwards and yeah uh, definitely because that would be really cool i almost i really want to replay that final kind of finale of the game on uh in the the headquarters of the fortress inquisitorius and you can't do it unless you replay the whole story over again so it's uh it's kind of unfortunate but i wish it's like because i really want to i would want to do that so the other day when i was kind of refreshing my mind on this game and writing down all my notes and everything, uh, I watched all the cutscenes at that at that end 
kind of sequence and and on youtube because somebody some genius does yeah. actually screen record all the stuff right right on and i was like oh thank goodness like <laughs> i'm able to get my my vader fill <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah just going to the beginning uh we start off on the planet braca and the opening shot of this game is so cool like we pull up over this like piece pile of junk and you see a field of like downed republic cruisers like just all being hundreds of them just being dismantled and recycled and pieces of it thrown into this giant massive uh sarlacc pit uh which is called uh uh ibdis ma or or whatever it is yeah uh, i think it's ibdis ma or something which is the scary scary looking sarlacc like way scarier than the thing that boba fell down and return of the jedi <laughs> yeah. but um yeah cal has basically been hiding on this planet as a rigger uh, helping like dismantle all these ships and um, kind of instantly puts you in this uh, in this setting wow. of like five years post Re- Revenge of the Sith, and um, you know you really you really get the feeling that um, that like you know he's he's been there for a while now, yeah. and yeah. later on we find out that this is the planet that he crashed on after Order sixty six happened. He's been stranded here, and uh, he just kind of got himself hired up as a rigger and he's yeah. just been working working for pennies like for the last five years and just basically staying hidden from the empire but uh yeah that that opening shot was so cool i don't know about, about you but oh, like no, yeah shots so, really sell it for me and that was like a selling shot oh yeah that was a great shot and so what, what's funny too here's just a little nugget of uh kind of interesting information so the opening is song that plays along like I, I i don't know what you but i thought this song was really awesome so that mm-hmm. the the song or whatever that plays along with the opening mm-hmm. is actually done by uh this uh they're actually like a mongolian rock band or something like that oh yeah for i did look film, this up yeah, yeah so for the film so they a lot of the that rock band or whatever they do this thing called mongolian throw singing which is like a really like unique type of singing that you don't really hear anywhere else in the world and they made like their own language or something for that song so that's that song you hear is a bunch of mongolian like rock guys singing in yeah. like a language that they made up specifically for this game that's about as authentic star wars as you can get yeah like, that's that's like that's like what goes that's the kind of passion and, and like work that goes into this stuff there's so much work that's been put in this game and yeah that was definitely one element that i just thought that was really cool initially i was like man that's that's a really cool like music that they did there. like good on them for making that and then i found out what they did because I had actually like I have heard of that band before. I think they're called uh, the the Who, uh, H U. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, and you can buy their single on uh, online, like digitally. You can buy it. Right on. I think yeah. So I, I should get it actually. I should have played it right here on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of a cool place. It's one that we can't actually revisit. Uh, outside of the story but um just another reason why the story is is like it's it's just so rewarding uh while you're playing it but um you kind of have this buddy his name's prof or uh, prof or something and um he he kind of says something to you you and him kind of get a job like you as in cal cal kestis our our jedi protagonist and he uh he and him have to kind of get to the top of this ship and do something and uh, they they see like an old Jedi interceptor ship with a with a dead kind of R two unit sitting in it, and uh, and he has a small discussion about 
kind of the Jedi with with Cal, who he doesn't know is a Jedi. And he and he says something along the lines of like, oh, too bad about all those Jedi. You know, they couldn't have been all, all of them traitors. You know, he's just very casual about it. But it kind of like yeah. made me think it's like this is one of the few times that we see an outsider kind of have his opinion about the Jedi. And like this is since the days of the war when there was riots going on in the streets about, you know, the Jedi being um, responsible for all the terrible things that have been happening in the Republic. But but this is yeah. a guy that's probably kind of limp, lived on the fringes and he's been working as a rigger his whole life. Yeah, and uh, his opinion is like, oh, too bad about those Jedi. I heard they were yeah. pretty good peeps, you know? Like, didn't yeah. he say he was he had been around since the Clone Wars or something like that? Was he? I don't remember if he said he. I don't think he said he fought in the Clone Wars, but I think he's, no. He, he's just. Uh, I mean, because the Clone Wars ended five years prior to the game takes place, right? Yeah. And then this guy, this guy's in his like. I don't know, 40s yeah, or so something like that. Yeah, so he had been 50s. doing this for a long time. So yeah, he's he's been doing it a long time. He kind of acted as like a almost like a like a fatherly sort of yeah, or like an an older friend kind of figure to Cal because he said to Cal, he's like, you know, Cal, you're a young kid. You don't want to end up like me. Like when you grow up, like yeah. you know, go on, go on and find yourself a life in the galaxy. You got to get out and you know, like find what you're good at, kind of thing. And um. Yeah, and and uh, is yeah, but anyway, like what he what he said about the Jedi, which just that kind of stuck out to me in terms of like a kind of a, an interesting story hook that is like, oh, like here's a guy that probably heard the stories and probably heard the news that was going on, you know, across the galaxy about this massive war that pretty much wrecked most of the planets across the whole galaxy at large. And uh, he's like, yeah, too bad about all this Jedi when, you know, the emperor himself was like declared them traitors and, uh, yeah. you know, get the, get all the clones to hunt them down and kill them. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting because one of the kind of the, the gaps, I guess, that I had kind of always seen between um, like the, the Revenge of the Sith and then like, you know, the first. Uh, uh, oh, like, like a new hope, new, new hope or yeah. whatever it was that kind of like because, you, you know, like throughout the prequels, we or all the movies really we understand the jedi to be like the at the forefront of everything like they're the top dogs like they're the uh like they're the good guys and stuff like that blah 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 uh but i like from that guy's perspective like as like a normal person like you kind of come to realize that the jedi even though they were like the you know at the 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 top dealing with a lot of these problems and stuff like that they weren't necessarily like uh they weren't like as prevalent an institution, say, as like we might understand, like as we appreciate them to be, you know, having to watch all the like everything through the prequels and then be at the, the forefront of everything. Like the Jedi's, I guess, were a lot more uh, reclusive than we give them credit for it. Like, because I mean, because this guy's opinion is kind of a, uh, a testament to that, that like, you know, there could be a huge war raging on where the Jedi could be playing like a critical part in the clone wars and like the rest like a huge part of society like not only don't really know what's going on but then when so, like you know this emperor claims that oh they're a bunch of traitors like they would just outright like want to riot and bring them down and stuff yeah yeah so yeah it's yeah yeah it is it, it's uh it's it, yeah and 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 like that's it's that kind of stuff though that you don't always see through a lot of our the stories that we do get because they are kind of centered on on the jedi dogs, characters yeah. and yeah and and it's like we don't really get a kind of outside opinions but this game does a really good job at kind of making that uh like star wars is kind of very 
known for kind of putting crews together, which are unlikely, right? Like our unlikely heroes of, of, you know, Ben Kenobi and Luke and Leia and Han Solo and Chewbacca and R2 and 3PO, right? Like it's a kind of that unlikely batch. And in Rebels, you get the same thing with the crew of the Ghost. And um, and then uh, now here again, we're getting a, a cast of characters like uh, Grease and Seer and Marin, the Night Sister, and BD One, the quirky little droid, and you know Cal, the ex exile Jedi, and um, and uh, yeah, so it, it is kind of interesting that we get those similarities, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we don't always get these like insights into the characters, like opinions like that. Because, um, but yeah, that's a good point, and and um, and like what you said about 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 the Jedi and all that. Like there's that moment in episode four where Ben Kenobi like activates his lightsaber and like pretty much just gives away the fact that he's a Jedi unless, unless maybe somebody stole a lightsaber, but you yeah. know, you think you'd think like, dude, like you just revealed yourself. Like yeah, here you've been hiding like a hermit for 20 years and, yeah. and you know, one, one guy, you know, shoves another guy and you know, just to, I don't know. I feel like if he used the force and maybe he could have been more discreet about it, but he was like, yeah. no, I'm just going to show up, show them up with my lightsaber, chop off this guy's arm. And uh, yeah, so and everyone's just like, yeah, just an old. Yeah, everyone kind of, kind of goes back to business. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like and this is like 20 years after the Clone Wars. So I guess a lot of these people kind of either don't remember the Jedi. They're probably like, oh, yeah. When I was like 10, they were like a thing. Um, some of them probably, you know, they're they're probably don't think twice of it they're like uh oh, just some old man with a laser sword you know they probably don't even know much about it right like yeah. like we have way more insight about the jedi than half the characters in the galaxy do yeah. you almost imagine that like uh, a place like tatooine you'd get so many smugglers that come in with all sorts of crazy types of aliens with crazy types of weapons some <laughs> yeah. of them are filthy rich and it's just one of it's just another Monday, right? This guy yeah, 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 exactly. like, yeah. Oh, some other idiot who's got a giant weapon. Cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Definitely. That's a good point. And and it's also like like Anakin, like little Anakin, even though he was uh like twelve or eleven or something like that, he still refers to Qui Gon's lightsaber as a laser sword. Yeah, and and he and he thinks he's here to free the slaves, and he's like. And Qui Gon's like, oh, well, why do you think I'm here to free the slaves? And he's like, oh, I saw your laser sword. Why else would you be here? Like, you know. And yeah. and it's like, wow, like, you know, this kid's got some good insight, but I mean, you know, he doesn't know everything. He still and, doesn't, and, yeah. And he and he he's heard all the stories about the angels on Diego, which he asks Padme, you know, like, are you an angel? And uh, <laughs> it turns out th- those angels, they're actually real. Like, they're on a planet they're actually on the planet Yega. We, we did see them throughout the Clone Wars uh, in one episode, but um, they're not actually like our kind of angels. They're like an alien species that are glowing and they have wings and uh, <laughs> you, you could almost consider them angels. But, um, but yeah, like it's, um, you know, that's why we love Star Wars. So many, so many different things, but so cool. um, yeah. So this planet Braca was kind of interesting. It popped up in a recent novel that came out called the resistance reborn, which is a, a novel that le- leads right into the rise of Skywalker. And um, it is the same planet that uh, that the Resistance sends a crew there to claim secondhand Republic starfighters for the final battle that we see uh, above Exegol. And um, as we're all aware, kind of the thing that, you know, every single ship that we ever see in Star Wars history is like in that battle or supposedly. So part of the book, uh, it, the book's plot point was that as they're trying to recover from the events of The Last Jedi, um, the resistance is kind of sending crews out to do all these little jobs um, to kind of build up their their power again to fight back. Yeah. 
And uh, one of the crews that they send to Baraka, which is where this Jedi Fallen Order game kind of starts off in, uh, the crew consists of uh, Shriv and Zay Versio, which are ironically enough from the other canon video game, uh, Battlefront 2. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tie that uh, these characters from the Battlefront 2 game end up going to the same planet that Cal Kestis kind of lived on for five years before he goes off and does his thing. But, um, yeah. but yeah, just like an interesting parallel there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also get kind of the introduction of uh, the ninth sister and the second sister here. The ninth sister did show up in those comic books that you read there, Reed. But the second sister, yes. this is kind of our first, um, our first appearance of this character. Yeah. Which she wasn't. She wasn't in that batch. Weirdly enough, being the second sister, you think that she was maybe the second recruited. But um, yeah, I don't I mean, really know how their ranking works. But yeah, and it seems like the Inquisitorius has a pretty high uh, attrition rate. I would say so. <laughs> so yeah. it surprised me if there were like, you know, different people in that position prior and they uh, worked their way up to that spot. Or yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. By the by, the end of Star Wars Rebels, we kind of we kind of see the last of the inquisitors fall, but, um, but yeah, like it, it makes me wonder maybe if there were maybe one, one, maybe a position or two that was kind of maybe played in twice by somebody, but, yeah. um, but yeah, like, uh, so we get kind of the, and the second, second sister is kind of more the main villain in a way, um, of this. She's definitely story. the primary antagonist. Yeah. 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 She's always the one chasing you down. The ninth sister is kind of a joke, to be honest. She's kind of like this dumb sort of, big honking big bulky dumb yeah typical yeah. uh big dumb jock juggernaut yeah yeah like like that fight yeah. scene like when we got that really kind of intense fight scene where we see prof uh, your buddy uh die and uh then that's when he kind of reveals himself with the lightsaber and you know locks blades with the second sister and then she kind of tosses him you over to the the cal to the ninth sister who then like chucks you off the edge of the cliff and you kind of land on this train and and it's like it makes you think. It's like that's foolish. Like, <laughs> like you're supposed to kill the Jedi, not just like get, let him get away by throwing him over there. And I don't know. And then, yeah. of course, then for the rest of the game, they're trying to get you back. They had the perfect chance to kill you right there at the beginning, and then they, you know, ninth sister just Blood. botched it up. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a typical like big person though. Like, and like well, like Yoda, right? Yoda, Yoda has been very careful because of his size. He knows. How to use the force? He knows use his, uh, his. He knows that he's smaller than everyone. So he knows not to compete with anyone that's that's bigger than him in a like a yep. straight up fist fight. But a big sister like her, who's given all this power, all of this like status in the empire, and then on top of that, she is bigger and stronger than everyone. Like they, yeah, they probably get cocky, use their strength. They're like, I'm just gonna throw you because I can. And yeah. And then whoops. That was, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and then the second sister we probably didn't see it but she was probably like you fool yeah it's like oh here he goes again um yeah so the next planet that we go to was uh bogano which is the outer rim world to jedi master eno cordova um and uh it's it's not exactly a public world like it's um not a lot of people know about this place from what i from what I uh, kind of drew up out of the game. Um, and it's uh, home to the Great Vault, which has been built by the Zepho, uh, the Zepho uh, civilization. Yeah. And uh, the vault is kind of the key of the game because that vault contains the holocron that everyone is after. 
And it's it's like the vault that that you have to get open by the end of the game. It's the it's uh, the holocron is um, is a is a very special holocron. Which um, actually, Ben, did you uh, by the end of the Dark Temple series, did it kind of say anything about this holocron and kind of give you a, a scene of like them putting it in the vault? Um, let me get back to you on that. I don't think so. I think it kind of ended with this with them finding something in the temple and then it says to be continued in jedi fallen order oh interesting uh, okay yeah yeah sure uh yeah when you get it just pop up and interject here but yeah so it's um so from what i kind of gather it is uh there's this holocron that sits in this vault which uh eno cordova assumingly placed there because that's what he's been telling his droid and his droid bd1 is now your companion um and you meet bd1 i believe on on bogano and um, I was starting to think as I as I kind of kind of re went through all these cutscenes, it didn't really occur to me at first. But it, I thought it was strange that this holocron uh, it contains a it contains the information for all the force sensitive children around the galaxy. And we've seen this plot point before. We saw this plot point in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. There was a, a story arc in in uh, the second season uh, at the very beginning. Uh, of our, uh, we actually, I, I covered it on the Clone Wars talk, um, series for anyone who's listening, but, um, there was, there was an arc of episodes, which had uh, Cad Bane steal, uh, a holocron from the Jedi temple and then, um, obtain, uh, a, uh, a crystal, a kyber crystal, which had information on it, uh, from, uh, a Jedi called Bala Rapal. And, uh, the, together the holocron plus the crystal kind of, um, uh, combined would would reveal the location of all the Jedi sensitive children that um, the temple was going to eventually uh, kind of take and train as Jedi. So it was basically the the next generation of Jedi. And uh, you know, the Cad Bane kind of gets everything he needs, and it was a it was a Sidious plan that he hired Cad Bane for, and uh, they did successfully kidnap three of these children before uh, the whole thing was dealt with by Ahsoka and Anakin, and eventually all the children returned to their families, and the the holocron was. Uh, I guess return to the to the temple, but it kind of made me wonder if this is actually the same holocron that we saw at the beginning of the Clone Wars that maybe the Jedi gave to Eno uh, Cordova to maybe hide away in a different place, uh, one that was a, maybe a lot more secure and possibly uh, a place that he knew about was maybe this this vault which was you know built by the Zepho civilization. So that was kind of like that kind of popped into my head and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's maybe. Uh, the same holocron that that we saw and of course by the end of the game cal slices it in half and that's the end of it but um but yeah that's um you know he was basically like okay well we don't want the, the empire getting this information either so uh so <laughs> let's alert. let's uh, yeah so let's give up uh yeah big spoiler alert but uh but yeah let's give up our our kind of selfish needs to rebuild the order and and let the let the force decide yeah. Um, I was really yeah, glad I, that I, that I, happened, I, not going to lie. <laughs> so, yeah, I was super happy about that because I was like, man, like, where's that going to go from here? Because I, I can see where this is going, but it can't, you know? Yeah, to me, it was just, I was just like, because if, if they had tried to sell that, they're like, oh, yeah, we're good. Like, these are the guys that are going to rebuild the Jedi Order. I just wasn't buying it because I was like, well, there's this Luke Skywalker guy. Uh, yep. He tries to do it, and he's a lot more force savvy than like mm-hmm. all of the people there combined. I just don't feel yeah. like this is gonna work out super well, especially since they're actually being like hunted down and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and it made me wonder because um, I mean, obviously these these um, force sensitive children by the time of of um, I guess I guess the Force Awakens, um, it would have been you know probably fifty plus years or so in the, into the into the future. Yeah. Uh, or 55. Yeah. So about 55 years as of, as of like, or maybe 50 years, uh, when this game takes place. Um, so this holocron that they're after, you know, which has all the information about all the Jedi sensitive children, uh, would be, you know, in their kind of midlife age, uh, by the time that we see Ray kind of take up the mantle. So it it just kind of goes to show it's like, yeah, there's a lot of force sensitives out there by the time of the sequel trilogy. Uh, we just don't really see, too many but then in the rise of skywalker just kind of a interesting like sub note of this is that um you know we do see like a lot of people are kind of you know force sensitive apparently you know like we we get hints about that with finn and and uh, th- uh that um stormtrooper girl that that they meet uh what's her name Jana or something um uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm getting her name mixed up but yeah the one that rides the horse and uh, yeah, so like like you kind of start to think it's like oh well uh, you know we're getting a lot more force sensitive popping outs because like it's like yeah they're they just been running wild nobody's found them and trained them and yeah. combined them into this temple. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of interesting too because like the because initially these guys like the the Jedi or whatever or like Luke too is like obsessed with like rebuilding the Jedi Order and stuff like that, but you never ever really get that from the Sith. Like they want those names and stuff to take advantage of them to kind of like bend them and twist them to their will but yeah. like Sidious and Vader never really have it like other than having like an apprentice I guess they never have any desire to like build like build a Sith order or build up any kind of like uh, internal comp- uh, competition for themselves like even with the Inquisitorious or whatever like from the, the Vader comics you gave me like you definitely get the impression that like they, uh, Sidious and Vader, like, do not remotely consider them to be Sith, and they're, like, highly expendable assets to them. Like, they do not value their lives. I mean, if Vader at one point, I think, goes and, like, cuts off, like, at least one limb from every single one of them or something like that, like, out of spite to yeah. make them understand suffering. Like, they could not care less about having a Sith order. It's just, whereas the Jedi... Uh, or the the remaining Jedi, I guess, or really want to rebuild their like institution. Really, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think this game paint kind of gives you a lot of closure on that as well. Because by the end, this is a spoiler alert, by the way. But by the end of the game, when you see Darth Vader show up, like you're so used to fighting the Inquisitors, you, you finally see Seer Jinda like fight a little bit as so you you kind of get used to the balance of power that you have with the other jedi that sit around you or jedi sorry jedi and inquisitors around you yeah uh but when darth vader shows up like everyone is nothing to him like seer jumps yeah. at him and he flicks his fingers and she's over the cliff uh, yeah. she immediately just like you get two hits in on him and then he just completely blasted you back like the, the level of power that sidious and vader have it's very clear that like they're at a completely different tier than yeah. than the Inquisitors. And so, yeah, I think just to add what you're at, uh, that, that this game just painted what a clear difference in power there is between an Inquisitor mm-hmm. and Darth Vader. Yeah, it makes you kind of also put it into perspective of like, 
you know, to think that maybe Vader was really holding back against Luke when he was fighting Luke. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like in yeah. Empire. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. The only, the only battle I think maybe just, you know, for the, for, for no excuse whatsoever, that could have been a lot more epic is just, you know, non-excusable because the age of the film, but, but when he faces Obi-Wan again, um, you know, that could have been a little handled a little differently. I think if it was redone today, but, uh, but yeah, just putting it into perspective, kind of when you see these epic moments of Vader and his wrath and like Rogue One and his wrath and, and, and then, and then you see him fighting Luke, it's like, Hey, where's all that display of power? It's like, is he yeah. holding back? It's like, yeah, he's holding back. Cause it's, it's his, it's his son and he doesn't want to kill him. Like he wants yeah. to turn him to the dark side. Yeah. And not just in like the fight scenes and stuff too. Like if you watch like the you know the original trilogy like from new hope to return of the jedi like throughout each movie like in especially new hope like you throughout most of that movie you see like or like not not in the fights and stuff but like in the way that like his demeanor and the way he talks and carries himself around like Vader is a much like angrier and more aggressive guy like right from mm-hmm. the get-go the, with the opening scene with attentive four he's like very uh, angry and aggressive and like throughout that whole movie like he's just like no whole part and so and you still get a bit of that in uh, empire strikes back and then return of the jedi but uh, anytime he's interacting with like luke or anything like that it's way more tempered mm-hmm. because there is that underlying like theme love, that like he yeah. wants or love or that he yeah. you know uh vis-a-vis the uh city or whatever that he wants to get uh control of him yeah. yeah, yeah. First is definitely like get definitely cloaked with with his personal kind of uh stuff, like Sith stuff, you know, greed, power, yeah. all that, all that sort of thing. But but yeah, like at the end, the end kind of underlying point of like why he holds back possibly is because because he loves his son. And that's ultimately kind of what brings him back to the light side is is that he doesn't want to see his son die. Um and it's you know Yeah. Um uh, yeah. Well, I think, but, yeah, and, and I think the, I guess the newer Star Wars movies kind of expand into that a little bit, how even though there is a pull to the dark side, there is a little bit of a pull to the light side. And so his whole journey to the dark side, which you, you get to see in uh, Star Wars The Revenge of the Sith, right, when mm-hmm. kind of strips away everything he cares about, so he doesn't have, like, he no longer has Padme, uh, as far as he knows, his kids are dead, and then the, the last, I guess, piece of his past that shows up is Ahsoka and then he completely he has a moment where you think he considers it in Star Wars Rebels where you can, you can see the light pull at him that one kind of final time and then he says yep. Vader or Anakin Skywalker is dead then that's 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 it he's he's fully in he's, he's just a, a slave of the dark side and then it isn't until Luke's introduced that you suddenly he gets that that, that thing that Sidious kind of tried to keep away from him and now Sidious considers it his, his next test to see just how mm-hmm. dedicated he is as a Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting contrast to kind of Dooku's character who's who we know as um I mean he's already kind of a, a man of power being politically involved and, and everything, but he's a count. So like even if he didn't even if he wasn't a Sith Lord, he's he's already a powerful man in his own right. Uh, just kind of being a count of his home world of Sereno. But uh, beyond that, he's also the leader of the separatists and, uh, and he's also a Sith Lord. And it's like, man, like this guy, he's like constantly, 
you know, and the, the Sith are always kind of wanting more power and, and, you know, they're, they're always wanting control of the galaxy and, um, that's just their thing. But, but when you look at Dooku, it's like, he's a man that has everything. And, uh, the only thing he doesn't have is, is, uh, is well, what, what Vader does, which is, which is he's got this, this light in his life. That's kind of calling him back to the light side, which is, uh, eventually, you know, which is Luke, Luke Skywalker. And, um, and, you know, Dooku doesn't have that, that uh kind of underlying um positive and uh and eventually he loses his head for it because you know the the guy his partner his master that was that he was so kind of hoping to uh kind of work with to take over the galaxy and maybe eventually kill one day and you know become the master himself has just kind of turned his back on him and you know do it yeah oh <laughs> and he dude, loses yeah. his head yeah, that's what's kind of interesting about like Dooku's character as a Sith compared to to Sidious is that he's way more like he never really lets go of his uh, status as like a noble or anything like that, right? Like he always yeah, he embraces retains, it. Yeah, he highly embraces it, and he's always super uh, trusting to extent. Like he's very mm-hmm. uh, blunt and open and uh, aloof. Mm-hmm. very very sure of himself whereas Sidious is like the polar opposite of that I mean Sidious has his own like uh, aloofness and stuff like that in his own way but he's way more uh, reclusive and like trusts absolutely no one whatsoever which is which was ultimately Dooku's <laughs> Dooku's uh, failing is that he, he trusted yeah. his own master to protect him but that just never panned out for him yeah exactly um all right yeah so we got our next planet kind of on the list which is dathomir a really cool place we encounter the knight brothers and sisters we meet mirin um and uh there was a bit of a story there with this character taran uh taran malikos which was a previous jedi master who crashed on dathomir after order 66 uh, after the purge and uh it turns out that he's kind of turned to the dark side and um and he now leads the knight brothers um after destroying their clan leader uh viscous who actually popped up in the clone wars he was uh he he, he uh, obi-wan and anakin spoke to viscous when they were tracking down savage Press. um but viscous was responsible for for kind of giving savage Press to ventress to train as uh uh dooku's you know temporary uh, assassin before they tried to attempt a, an a, a, on his life kind of thing. But um, so that was kind of a cool kind of reference there that he had. And uh, he also had Mirren teach him kind of the ways of the Night Sister magics and uh, and then deceived her into believing that the Jedi were responsible for the Battle of Dathomir, which was uh, during the Clone Wars, which was actually something that Count Dooku was behind as an act of revenge um, on uh, Mother Talzin. For, for kind of, you know, betraying him, his trust uh, by sending him this, um, you know, guy to kill him, <laughs> basically. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like that was, that was like a really kind of hardcore, cool Easter egg there. Not more than an Easter egg. It was definitely like a bit of a cornerstone for that character. But, um, but uh, yeah, Terran Malikos, interesting, interesting kind of canonical look at what a dark Jedi looks like. Like uh, somebody who's not a Sith, but they've got the red lightsaber. Uh, they were a Jedi Master, 
um, and they die by way of the dark side, basically, you know, using the dark side and yeah. uh, one step further, this guy's also using night sister magic as well. So, um, very interesting. Yeah, that was kind of, well, I think like in, in addition to that, like the kind of like an overarching theme, I guess that I, uh, really enjoyed with the game is that it, it's not that like, like very true to the game's uh, name, like Jedi Fallen Order. It's not that the Jedi Order is completely destroyed. You just, as you go throughout this game, you just discover uh, more and more ways that the, these people had kind of like fallen from the light side and have started to become like a seduced or enthralled in the dark side. Because I mean, all the Inquisitors at one point or another mm -hmm. uh, served the the Jedi Order and. Are, yeah yeah inquisitors yeah. now for you know for varying reasons and it's same with this guy he was a jedi and then he kind of fell from the light and so the, they there's it's just yeah it, it was just really cool to see yeah it's not the like oh it's destroyed it's all dead it's it's just a, a fallen uh yeah it's fallen a fallen order. order yeah and that's and that's yeah exactly the fall of the jedi and and just like the the fall of the republic essentially as well yeah. but um but uh, yeah, like that's that's a really good point, and it also kind of um, it, it kind of makes you think. It's like, wow, Palpatine's grand plan went way beyond just kind of the simplicity of just taking over the galaxy. Like he turned the galaxy against the Jedi, amongst using them in a war, corrupting the the kind of their morals while like yeah. while doing it, and uh, used his apprentice to kind of control the other side of the war, having his hand in both pockets. And then using the Republic's army to eventually like wipe out the Jedi in, in the first place. I was like, yeah. man, like the guy's ge genius. And like, and like really? he also used a Jedi to make the army with as well. We had, we had, um, uh, Sifo Dyas. He, he was responsible for making the, the Jedi. So it's another Jedi that kind of felt as if the order wasn't doing enough to protect the Republic and, uh, yeah. ended up, uh, kind of using Dooku and him used Sifo Dyas to kind of get their way with that. And, and, uh, yeah, and because, yeah, just like, as you mentioned, all these inquisitors, they were once, um, Jedi or something. The, the grand inquisitor himself used to be a temple guard. And, uh, and it's like, it makes you think it's like, wow, Palpatine really had all these guys in his pocket kind of before the, the order 66 happened. Like, it's very likely yeah. that when the purge happened, it's, uh, you know, it's very likely that maybe these inquisitors were kind of brought to the side and palpatine basically giving them the job of of you know helping maybe anakin kill off the jedi maybe even before they got all their fancy costumes and everything but um it seems like in the comics though it seems as if vader didn't even know about these inquisitors until he kind of meets the grand inquisitor and um and i guess maybe he kind yeah. of had the grand inquisitor in his pocket before then and kind of had him arrange the whole thing in a secret motion but uh, but yeah, like that's that's a really good point. Like just like, yeah, the whole Fallen Order connection. Uh, you know, seeing Terran Malikos kind of one of those victims of, you know, being once this Jedi great Jedi Master who is now kind of sunk into the absolute depths of, you know, darkness. He's not exactly like a Sith, but he's kind of sunk as far as he can before hitting rock bottom, and you yeah. know, eventually he does. And ironically enough, he gets sucked into the rock into the floor <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so, he really is he's almost like he's like a petty warlord. yeah he's almost it, at, on um what's the planet dathomir 
Yeah. He's, he's really become like a petty warlord. I mean, he's just like inserted himself in control of the Knight Brothers and stuff like that. And yeah, mm-hmm. ju- just like basically just like claimed control of this planet for himself. And he's just kind of chilling, yep. like wallowing in his own little bubble of power until, you know, you come along and uh, bust that yeah. bubble wide open. And, you know, he presents himself to Cal very similar to how Darth Maul presents himself to Ezra. Um, he kind of uses this kind of the wanderer, uh, the old man kind of stature to present himself initially to come off as this very wise, um, kind of, like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he comes off as this, this whisper, almost like a snake in a tree. And, and yeah. it's like, he's like, yeah, this guy's not so bad. Um, but you know, later on in the game, when you kind of go back to Dathomir, it's like, oh, this guy's bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that, yeah, and the theme's cool. Like, I, I think it makes sense that, uh, that you know, a, a Jedi who no longer is bound by principles or he doesn't have an authority looking over his actions, uh, it makes sense. He would, he would go, he's no longer an item of power where he was before, so he's going to go, and if he's, if he's greedy enough or if he's flirted with the dark side, he's going to go and set up his own little... Mm-hmm. Little empire, and it's, this isn't a new concept for Star Wars. Like even in, in uh, you know some of the older Star Wars games, for example, like The Force Unleashed, um, they even had the same idea with Shaq T. Right, you go and find Shaq T on Felucia, and you suddenly realize that she has like all of the natives in this this little empire of Felucia fighting for her. Uh, which yeah, I know it's not super canon, but it makes sense if you're if if, if you've lost that authority. And you have all this power, you're gonna go and set yourself up in an empire somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Um, and we get the Order sixty six cutscene, which was really kind of an emotional part of the game. Uh, it's kind of where you learn uh, about a little more about uh, Gerald Tapal, um, Cal Cal, uh, Cal's master. Uh, we had the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack playing in the background as the clones. Uh, you know, are chasing you down, young Cal, um, and uh, kind of also uh, gives the origin of Cal's lightsaber, which is uh, half of his master's double blade lightsaber, which um, you later on fix and, you know, kind of uses a double blade lightsaber. But um, it, yeah, it's why it's actually torn up at the bottom and blasted off is because one of the blaster bolts like snagged off the other end. But um, yeah, really, really cool cuts you know cutscene there uh or just an entire sequence like um also directly kind of impacted by by the canon where you know you're on your way to the training room and you kind of high five and clones down the hall and you know they're really acting like those kind of big brother kind of people that have been fighting alongside you right like the in, oh, in yeah. the war and yeah. and then just like snap of the finger and it's like they're they're turned on you kind of ready to go and uh and you know, and you're just playing this kid and it's yeah. like, man, like this is a dark moment of the video game. Like, you know, you've never really, I mean, we've seen yeah. the children kind of kids die like in Revenge of the Sith, but I mean, like this is probably one of the darkest parts of the game where like you, you're playing this, this kid who not only has to watch his master die and kind of escape with that, but uh, also just to be like killing all your friends like that are, you know, been fighting this war with you as well like that really sucks yeah that was that was actually one of the things i think that they did uh really well like when they told us like uh throughout telling the story of this game like right from the beginning with your uh buddy on your like the the scrapping planet and stuff like that like they 
spent uh, enough time where or like you you were able to spend enough time with these characters that you could like have a relationship with them and like come to like them like that and that's one of the things i think they did really good is that they didn't just throw you into one single flashback where you had to experience order 66 like you uh, go back to those moments like throughout the game during your training and so you get to know those like clone troopers and stuff like that well as as well as you can them being like nameless clone troopers right and so yeah. you kind of build a relationship you get comfortable with them and then so when it order 66 does does happen like it's that much more crushing because you're like what i like i i've known these guys like this entire game now like what's going on like they were like you said, high-fiving me, like being best buds with me and stuff like that. And so it's just that much more devastating and crushing because not only have you like become accustomed to like you're, you know, like you've been experiencing all these things as a kid, like you're able to relate to Cal's, like the hardships he's going through and stuff like that. And then you have these like guys who you trust and then they they turn on you and everything just goes like sideways in the blink of an eye. So you really... Mm-hmm. appreciate the the trauma that he he goes through like not just like having these guys turn on him but losing his master and losing like his entire life up until that point uh mm-hmm. just gone in the blink of an eye yeah because that's that's the only life he's ever known i mean i mean these these kids are uh at least you know we get that from ahsoka's point of view in the clone wars as well it's like she's you know, been, she, she's, she doesn't know any other life and, and she's been raised, uh, on, on this Jedi code and with these morals and stuff like that, but she kind of witnesses the fall of the Jedi order. Um, and her, essentially her life kind of as she knows it, but, uh, of course, you know, as, as if you're watching the show, you kind of know what happens with her, you know, before that all happens, but, um, but she's still in the same position where it's like, she sees kind of this, this place that she was a part of, uh, just kind of, you know, fall essentially um from its uh its uh pedestal that that the the jedi put it on and all their morals and everything like that and and for a lot of these like younger characters like it's a very hard thing to watch their life basically just being flushed down the toilet yep and and to realize that well not to realize but for us to kind of know that they don't realize that they're just kind of victims of this massive greater plan which uh is also a big part of that plan is to essentially wipe them all out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, or be used for kind of darker means, but, um, yeah, so we also got, uh, Ilum, uh, another planet that we can't actually revisit in the, in the free play, but, um, really cool to kind of see, uh, the lightsaber crystal, uh, the lightsaber, the caves uh, on Ilum, uh, the Jedi uh, that we we actually got a, a Clone Wars arc here as well um, in uh, season four, I think it was, uh, of the the younglings going there with Yoda and they have to make their crystals and stuff like that. So we got a lot of cool, similar architecture. We got this; it's the same place. So we got the same kind of ice doorway that has to open up that that you go through into the caves and and everything like that. And, and that was, that was really, really cool. Um, I really liked, you know, I really appreciated all the effort that they went to, to kind of recreate this place that we saw in a TV show cartoon, uh, into this playable experience, which is, which is awesome. But, um, yeah, we got the, we got the double blade lightsaber kind of by this point and that you're able to split apart and do all actually this crazy got stuff. the double saber lightsaber. Uh, Oh, is this on that. Kashyyyk maybe, or Dathomir? 
Yeah, yeah I think you what did get I did, on one of those places. Yeah, what I did was like I went to Dathmir, but it was before I had progressed enough in the story that I could like uh what was it? Like double jump or something like that, I think. You need to progress past a certain point. Yeah. And so I That's couldn't progress. Yeah. Or yeah, but I couldn't uh yeah, I couldn't progress because I didn't have the the skills to, to keep going on Dathmir, but I did get far enough, like literally just far enough to find this thing for your uh your double lightsaber and so mm. I, I got that like early on and i was like oh sweet like i don't know if i was supposed to do that but it just happened oh okay so uh so ilum for you did that uh like can one of you guys remind me kind of why we went to ilum then because you get the double blade lightsaber before then yeah but... like that's when you can start changing like you get a bunch of different options for crystals and stuff like yeah. that I oh think. yeah like, you can change like, your color and stuff you take like oh sorry yeah go ahead ben no, I was gonna say your your light. The reason you go to Ilum is that what you're asking, Josh? Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember why we went there aside from the crystal. Well, your your lightsaber that was, Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. right, yeah, yeah. It did it did break. Yeah, that's why. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have to go and rebuild it. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then and then you do get the you so you got all the options, all the colors. Um, uh, you know the teal, the magenta. You know all the all the customization ability and um and yeah uh but i think the main thing that stuck out to me about ilum is that you get the very clear strong indication that ilum is star killer base like we we've kind of had hints of this through some of the resource books in the past and uh um you know and and it's like the diameter of the planets are both the same and the you know, the weight is the same and this and that is all the same, right? Um, but there's never been kind of any character in Star Wars canon so far that has said, Ilum is Starkiller Base. Um, Starkiller Base is just referred to as Starkiller Base and Ilum has always just been referred to as Ilum. Um, but we get like this game kind of blends those two together and kind of says like, yeah, we know like we're aware of the fact like all the, these both planets are in the same part of space as well. Um, like essentially this game is canonizing the fact that they are one and the same and Starkiller Base is built out of Ilum, and so we see it, we see that uh, in the game, like as Cal, like when you're fighting off all the Imperials, because for the first kind of chunk of Ilum before you get the crystal, there's no enemies, oh, and then yeah. after you get the the lightsaber kind of working and everything, you go through another tunnel or two, and then you end up in this massive kind of uh, this like almost like a a trench, like a yeah. massive trench that's being uh widened by these massive imperial kind of mining machines, machines. Yeah. and and it's digging this groove around the planet when you see it from an aerial perspective it's like digging this entire trench around the whole like um kind of meridian of the planet itself and and that was like that to me was awesome i was like man force awakens nowhere near my favorites but but man like i really appreciated that a lot because i was like this is the kind of stuff that we need to like integrate those films kind of better into the existing saga and and like which is desperately what they need like they yeah. need more kind of connective tissue uh because right now they're just very disjointed and uh, at least that's the, that's the way i see them is like there's not a lot to connecting those films to the existing kind of george lucas era and and this is just one more thing that I was like, okay, bang on. Like we need more of this kind of stuff. Um That was yeah. yeah, that was actually really funny. Like that whole sequence on Ilum, because you had been telling me, like, just when I got to that point, 
like, oh yeah, like, you know, you're going to see this big thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And like, not going to lie, like if you hadn't told me to like pay attention and look out for that, I never would have noticed that because I was really? so busy. Like <laughs> yeah. what I thought when you told me about it after, I was like, oh yeah, now I get it. But like going through those sequences, I was so focused on the combat or like when you were flying away from the planet, my uh, fancy uh new vinyls or whatever on my ship from the skin that i chose <laughs> i wasn't yeah. paying attention to, to what was going on i was like oh yeah i got my like the cool lightsabers and stuff oh, i yeah. got my cool, focused on the cosmetics yeah my cool cosmetic for my ship and i was just like oh i'm such a freaking nerd like i didn't even notice the 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 huge like easter egg right there that josh was telling me to look out for like ah oh, so stupid <laughs> uh, it's a cool one it's it's a really good one like i uh i i quite enjoyed seeing that i was like man like that's that's really awesome like and and it also kind of brings it into a little more perspective as well as to say that that star killer base was like at least now kind of in the context of media that you can watch, um, it's now kind of visually represented that Starkiller Base was in fact an Imperial project, and yeah. uh, and is then later utilized by the First Order and probably finished. I would I would imagine like finished uh, in terms of like you know tech and stuff. This is all kind of like retroactively kind of connecting that whole plot point to like yeah. to the empire but yeah. but still like I, I still appreciate kind of the the work that they kind of did to incorporate that stuff Definitely. so yeah so that was kind of cool but yeah. um yeah so we got our next planet which was zepho uh outer rim planet um drew a lot of archaeologists and pioneers there the empire pillages this place and all the historical sites and uh, it's revealed on this place that the I think it's this place that the second sister was revealed to be Trilla, which is Sears kind of lost Padawan. Oh, yeah. And, that, planet, um, that planet was like gorgeous. That's the one. With yeah. The sequence where you go. Really it's got, cool like, place. The, the, like the consecutive like lake waterfalls or whatever they are. Yeah. A lot of really like cool. mist and clouds and um, an awesome yeah. planet. Yeah. I really like that place. Um, and we learn about um, some because because Cal has got this interesting ability called um, uh, psychosis, which he's able to kind of touch an object and through the force kind of uh, generate a memory out of it. And he kind of discovers along the way, I guess, that uh, some Jedi had died here after uh, Order 66. And this is now kind of the, you know, the the third place that that we we get the idea. It's like, um, just how massive the Clone Wars is, just like throughout the whole galaxy, that this thing just was the largest scale war to have taken place in like over a thousand years. And, um, you know, because we get that on Braca, we have all the, you know, the downed ships and everything like that. We get that on Dathomir with Terran Malikos and, um, and uh, we got that on Bolgano where we see the the vault that Anno Cordova had built before, before I guess he passed away. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, and now Zepho being this this place where we're seeing you know bodies of Jedi basically showing up and 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 it's like man like this Clone War left a massive scar on the galaxy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know, uh, Benno, how'd you like this place? I really liked it. I'm I don't know. I'm a big fan of anything with like green and like water. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie yeah i uh like dathomir as cool as it was i think 
like Marin was probably my favorite character, like supporting character in the series. Uh, like as cool as that little arc was, um, I thought Zepho was a sweet planet to like be a part of. It was to- totally a planet I could imagine an ancient civilization to live on. Uh, it was rich in life. You got to see some cool new like alien monsters that you got to fight. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a great planet to to have as a as one of the options. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, what what do you think? What do you guys think when kind of Trilla's kind of revealed to be the second sister? Like, I thought that was super Star Wars. Like, just that typical, you know, Star Wars kind of reveal. Like, you know, all the way back to "I am your father" kind of thing. Like, it was. Oh, totally! Very... It's like I am your apprentice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought I thought it was a pretty cool moment. It's smart because it makes it personal, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not just good against evil. It's no, no, no. This I know this person. We got we have history. Yeah, actually, yeah, and that's a good point. Like, um, and Star Wars is always about, um, well, it's like it's usually got this lineage kind of legacy uh, aesthetic to it. Uh, in in the story and and it's like we actually get that through fallen order um like we see it with the relationship between um between uh cordova and uh and seer who is master and apprentice and then there's the relationship between seer and trilla which is master and apprentice and then there's the relationship between uh seer and now cal which is kind of this not not exactly master and apprentice but almost this like partnership and this um this kind of different relationship that they have through the force where she's closed herself off and he's trying to rediscover himself through the force. Um, because that's essentially kind of what you're doing when you're relearning all your powers and everything. Cause he's over the last five years, I guess he's forgotten how to kind of connect with the force in certain ways, which kind of explains how you kind of level up your character. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast. Um, is that like, you know, you get that same sort of ordeal with, uh, you know, Obi-Wan and Luke, uh, who, you know, used to be Obi-Wan and Anakin. And then the prequels, you get, you know, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan and Anakin. So, um, yeah, just like you always get that kind of, that kind of layered effect of master and apprentice, master and apprentice. And uh, it was interesting to kind of have that, you, you know, without being stuffed in, it, it felt very kind of seamless as if this had been already built up over, over time. And uh yeah. Uh, you know, really well done. But yeah. And, um, and I think yeah. that, uh, I guess I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I think that also played in really well to like kind of the um, overall theme of just that it was, it's not like a destroyed order. It's just a, a fallen order because it, it like uh, uh, her, like the apprentice's story arc just plays really well into kind of the, the fall of the Jedi, really. Yeah. Yeah, and like even though yeah, and a fallen order is in terms of uh like do you mean like the the way that they kind of operated or or just like the whole the whole shebang just like gone. Just just her like how she uh, like you know was a uh, apprentice and stuff like that and how she was like tortured and brought to the to the point that she became a leader and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like we do see um like Luke try and resurrect the jedi order which i guess kind of brings us to the sequel trilogy again as well as like you know and like as i guess as long as like the the jedi are alive i guess like the the entire kind of idea is that there's hope in the galaxy and that um you know that these jedi kind of live up to their place 
kind of being the the guardians of peace and justice in the in the galaxy. And um, yeah, and like yeah, it's a good point. Like like the fallen order. Like as long as there's a Jedi alive, like technically, the order kind of lives in a way. Um, you know, I would say like, I would say like the Jedi code is probably like dead at this point. Like that's <laughs> kind of what brought their downfall in the beginning. But well, yeah, there's no code but, or Jedi to uphold the code anymore. Really. Yeah, there's no Jedi to kind of uphold the code. I don't think and they, you they never see... even talk about that once throughout the whole game. I don't think. I mean, because no, not, yeah, at this point, Cal, it's just kind of he just doesn't doesn't know. He doesn't have no. A yeah, exactly. And you know, honestly, like if this wasn't a video game, like it would be a little questionable for Cal to be running around just killing creatures and stuff like that. Like, you know, I think like most Jedi would probably kind of act more like Rey does where she kind of heals some monster and lets it go free or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like that's just kind of, um, that's just a very kind of prequel Jedi mindset to it. It's like, oh, this thing's in my way. I'm just going to cut it down, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's exactly kind of like where they end up going with like their morals is like they just start flushing them down the toilet. And, you know, that's that's a part of the whole kind of downfall of that whole yeah. legacy is that they're just uh, very kind of subconsciously like walking away from where they came from. Um, I think the ideal Jedi that we've ever seen in Star Wars is Qui-Gon Jinn. I think like oh, yeah. he is the pinnacle of like what it is to like fully kind of follow the force and like um and like not care about code and like not care about what other people say and like just listening to the force and like that's that's kind of like what leads him you know to you know bring anakin to to his side despite yeah. the jedi council saying that that he can't train him yeah. and and it's what kind of leads him to get obi-wan to promise that he's going to train the boy right yeah and he's, uh he's technically yeah. the first one that becomes a uh like exactly uh, yeah force ghost yeah, he's force the first ghost. one to discover the immortality right like this guy is the pinnacle of <laughs> of like the jedi in entirely like um even yoda learns from him like yoda's learning from qui-gon about about uh yeah, he's like oh yeah obi-wan i just talked to your old master <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah and major spoiler for any of those of you who've seen the clone wars but but yeah towards the end of the show like you you'll eventually kind of see like this kind of story this cool story arc about qui-gon jinn and and his kind of transference into the into the beyond and um and it's a rare gift like not if it's kind of revealed that not everyone is able to do this and he's kind of one of the few of the first that that actually are given this gift and this privilege to um kind of come back after death and and speak with people in the present uh it's it's a weird concept because the force ghosts and stuff they all exist outside of time so um you know technically they're they're know-it-alls <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah anyway so um uh kashik uh we got to see kashik um which was which is cool um i've always loved kashik you know we got a good look at that in revenge of the sith we got to see it again now and we got a really cool cameo for both tarful uh the wookiee chief that yes. we saw once in revenge of the sith and we uh we also meet saw Gurira and uh fight off the imperial occupation there and we saw saw's partisans and yeah and we also saw kind of saw's attitude in this game is much different than what he is in rogue one in rogue one he's this kind of bitter old man who's fought in a war too long and he's got no relationship with the rebellion anymore he kind of does his own thing he's going off 
doing his own kind of almost terrorist act like yeah, movements kinda, against the empire. Definitely. Yeah. That was actually, I think one of the things that I kind of enjoyed about this game is that it gave you a little bit more to that backstory basically. Yeah. Cause from, like, from the movie. Yeah. Like you, you, all you know is that he's just this old, miserable, resentful guy that used to have some sort of relationship with the rebellion, but became too extreme for them. And so you kind of yeah. see how that plays out uh yeah in, exactly in the game, like really well because he yeah he's like a he's a fighter like he's a really tough like uh, resistance or rebellion uh, like he's a good leader and stuff like that blah blah, blah. but then like as it uh things go on on kashik you kind of see like how he like he um like why he sort of starts to fall from grace a little bit like he tr just tries to like what did he try to do he tried to like hold on to the thing or the, that they took and then they suffered like really heavy casualties defending it i don't remember yeah but, but yeah it, that was I'm a vaguely good, remembering it yeah but yeah. yeah it was it was a really good uh and and you saw it like yeah you see the yeah exactly like the progression of his character basically which is cool um the first time we ever meet the character is in the clone wars and chronologically speaking this is the second time um in media that that like in visual media that is that he actually pops up um I, I i'm trying to remember if he pops up in any comics or books kind of between clone wars and and this game but um uh, the gap is actually quite tight and uh you know it's it's it is cool to kind of see where he comes from uh in the in the clone wars and and kind of today like when he's leading his partisans against the empire trying to liberate the wookies which is a ongoing effort that kind of leads into after return of the jedi so it goes on a very long time um that that whole effort to liberate the wookies it goes on for like 25 years so it's a it's a it's a long or 20 years it's it's a long long journey for that but um yeah we got um the uh we got the night sister duel uh, uh the ninth sorry the ninth sister <laughs> not the night sister the ninth sister uh inquisitor duel uh, and uh, her possible possible death. So what I want to ask you guys is, do you think the ninth sister is dead or not? Um, I think I, so. We saw her like get force pushed over that cliff, and then that was the last we saw of her the entire game. There was no mention of her after that. And and Cal did say it's like he defeated the ninth sister, but is she actually dead or, or like, what do you think? I think she's dead, yeah. I, I think, I think so too. Because, like, even in spite of the fact that, like, Vader and Sidious have, like, no care or regard for them, mm -hmm. like, they, I think a good way to look at it is that they're, like, tools. So if they can repair and reuse that tool, they will. Mm -hmm. uh, but they... Yeah, if they so, fail, then they're expendable. Exactly. They're, they're yeah, they're expendable. It passes a certain point. They're, they, it's, they're not worth investing the, the resources to... Uh, yeah carry on with them and so i think it, with the ninth sister yeah i think she's done i don't think we're gonna see her again yeah i'm i'm with you guys there on that one um it was brought up kind of somewhere online people are like well the inquisitors do have like helicopter lightsabers you know like they they can technically kind of glide around with those which <laughs> is what we saw in star wars rebels believe it or not i know awesome. i'm not a huge fan of that but uh but yeah, it's it's a thing. So it's like a lot of people are like, well, maybe she could have broken her fall with the helicopter saber. And it's like, well, I guess so. But I, I don't know. I think she's kind of 
toast at this point. Like, I think it's safe yeah. to say that she's gone. And like in in uh, season two Rebels finale, which is probably one of my favorite episodes in that entire show, um, was was kind of uh, uh, like a key element to this as well because like we saw one of the one of the Inquisitors pop up. Uh, this this I forget the name of the guy, but he was wearing a helmet and jumping around all over the place, whatever. But we saw like, um, I think it was like all we had, we saw three inquisitors die just like that, like uh, in that episode or in those, in those two episodes for the finale. Um, and, uh, that, you know, and then Vader shows up and, and, uh, and everything like that and all that kind of happens. But yeah, it's just like one more kind of thing to kind of think back to. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I think she's dead. I don't think she's a big enough threat or even remotely an important character to kind of bother making this epic return no. to you know, <laughs> no. to get revenge. I don't think it's going to happen. I think she's gone. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I got for Kashyyyk. So I, uh, um, if I'll add one more thing, I think they left her <laughs> in a good spot though. So they 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 make you assume it's dead. She's probably dead. They have announced a sequel for Jedi Fallen Order. So if they wanted to bring her back, it wouldn't be this cheesy resurrection story. She's like, it's, yeah. it's plausible. So that's, it's that's it's still possible. Yeah, it's yeah. still possible. I wouldn't like, I, like I wouldn't kind of put money on the fact that they'll do it. But if they did do it, it's not going to bother me. Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. They, like it's just they they left it in a spot where they can take it either way. I think she's yeah dead, exactly. But I think they left yeah. it open. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, I think if nothing ever happens with that character, it's kind of safe to assume that she's just dead. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, that's that's a good point. They did announce a sequel. Uh, is this official or is this unofficial? Uh, I thought it was official. But I, I think it's it's kind of it's one of those things where it's like everyone knows it, but but they they haven't like put out a title or a poster or anything like yeah, official like i mean i really hope they do like i really want there to be a, a sequel like i, I oh, really yeah. like all the characters the the story was fantastic i i really enjoyed the game in general i really hope they do make a sequel i'll be sad if they don't yeah yeah I, yeah i would be pretty bummed out if they didn't um it would kind of leave the fate of that character in a weird place as well but um yeah well you know it's they made this game i feel like it's in good hands um you yeah. know as whoever they worked with that the luke's film story group on this collaboration um did a great job yeah. and uh they really you know, that, sorry they really set it up for a sequel too like oh yeah totally yeah yeah because yeah the last line of the game is like where to next right like um exactly yeah cal, cal, cal cuts up that that holocron which contains the basically the fate of all the four sensitive children of the galaxy and he's like nope it's not for us it's not for us to decide their fate we'll let the force choose like what to do with them and uh what's next for us kind of thing right so it's we're gonna get something even if they never make a new game we'll get something um i think it would honestly be cool enough to actually see these characters pop up into uh, one of the live action Disney plus shows. I think that would be awesome to see Cal Kestis show up in perhaps like the Obi-Wan show, maybe like maybe, uh, maybe he kind of, his path kind of crosses paths with Obi-Wan at some point. And I mean, the actor who plays Cal Kestis is uh, the Joker from Gotham. He plays, uh, he's played in live action television and film before. Like That's he's cool. a, you know, and yeah. And, and so, uh, so is, um, 
some of the other actors on on that uh in that game like they're all kind of established people uh in their own career and it's like yeah it would be cool to see them like even if it was just cal i would love to see him pop up in in one of the future like disney plus shows and that would be sweet um yeah. I, I think maybe like as far as the the fate of that character goes like i don't even want to speculate on what happens but it would just be cool to get a cameo um and i think it would be the easiest to do it would be even easier than doing like an, a live action ahsoka because the likeness of cal is based on the actual guy it's like yeah. it's like sam witwer uh, and, uh, yeah. and the uh and the uh yeah, the secret apprentice like it's like yeah his, his likeness is just sam witwer <laughs> so um uh, yeah, but anyway, we got a, one more planet pops up in the game. It's called Nur. It's the headquarters for the Fortress Inquisitorius. Uh, it's where Vader and the final duel happen. A narrow escape takes place. And uh, and yeah, again, it's the kind of like beyond that. You get the destruction of the Holocron. And uh, we got Trilla's death scene in there. But uh, what did you guys think of that final kind of sequence? I liked it. I was disappointed it wasn't Mustafar. <laughs> yeah, actually, speaking of Mustafar, it is in the background, like in space. Like you get the you get the sense that because you see a volcanic planet, kind of like in the atmosphere, and and I think that's where Mustafar is. It's like above this Nur planet. I think Nur is like one of the one of the many moons in that system, and it makes sense because it's like it actually gives me major Lord of the Rings vibes because. Fortress Inquisitorius is one tower, and then Fortress Vader is another tower, and they're on two different <laughs> kind of planets, like opposed to each other, both kind of creepy places. You know, one being this volcanic world, and then Nur being this kind of like oceanic kind of covered world, this dark kind of oceanic, weird, atmospheric place. Uh, but yeah, it gave me this major two towers vibe. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. No, I if if that's Mustafar, then that I say that that's okay. Then that that was, that was good. But no, I I thought <laughs> I well I thought it was cool that there was a, a home base for it. I think I would have preferred it to be Mustafar because then it would have made sense that Darth Vader would have had them all under close like observation. If it's mm-hmm. in, if it's in a you know another moon of a planet, then I guess that's pretty close. So. Yeah, close observation I think is key for this because it, it, yeah, it, it's it, like on the in a cutscene kind of on the planet like you if you look up in the sky like you can see very clearly there's this giant volcanic orange mustafaric looking planet that that's like looming above and it it kind of makes you think it's like oh yeah i i feel like yeah like in they would be in close proximity naturally just like vader would probably well, want to keep an eye on them well actually like based on the um like the the vader comics that you had given me Josh, uh, like Vader didn't know about the Inquisitorius until Sidious told him about it. That's right. Yeah. And At so, that point, though, he hadn't also set up his own castle yet. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I mean, like it, like it wouldn't. I mean, maybe it is Mustafar. Maybe it isn't. I I don't really know. But it wouldn't surprise me if like it it they were like some some uh some substantial distance apart or something like that because. Sidious initially hadn't didn't um you know put it within like arm's reach of Vader or anything like that. Yeah. I love yeah, that definitely. it was I love that yeah, it was go ahead. Water, go ahead I thought that was pretty water, cool. That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really like a cool um sequence of like how you actually even get 
in there, you know, it, to begin with. But um, yeah, the, the, the planet is kind of introduced to you as you fly towards it uh, as Fortress Inquisitorius. And um, uh, but on Wikipedia, you can find it on uh, under NUR, just N N U R, and it says it's a water moon. Uh, oh, on Wikipedia, it confirms it. It says it's a water moon located in the Mustafar system. Oh, there you go. Um, of the galaxy's outer rim territories, that was home to a heavily secured underwater fortress Inquisitorius during the Imperial era. Um, so, yeah, that's all it says on it, pretty much. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to, supposedly in the Mustafar system. Uh, which actually, the Mustafar system is referred to the Mustafar system by uh, in Revenge of the Sith by uh, uh, Anakin. I think doesn't he doesn't he call it the Mustafar system? I uh, know uh, General Grievous calls it the. Mustafar oh, that's right. Yeah, Grievous. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just sent a photo actually on our on our um, on our group chat here, so you guys can see it. But there's there's one scene that pops up through the game. I think it's just the one, or maybe it might, it might be later on as well, but. It's when you actually see the tower of Fortress Inquisitorius, and there's uh, two planets kind of in the background, and one of them, the the one in the far background, is this giant red kind of volcanic looking planet. I think that's Mustafar, but um, yeah, super kind of cool to have those in pro- close proximity, and um, just to know it's like, yeah, Vader. Now that he's in charge, you know, after he kind of discovers the or introduced to the Inquisitors, is what you're saying, Reed. Like he kind of takes them under his wing i guess yeah yeah um yeah so uh yeah did this what did you guys think of the purge troopers didn't like them didn't like them like as far as like a gameplay aesthetic goes or just like which the, ones this... were those ones they were the black armored with the purple like electro staffs oh yeah gosh I, those I, guys I, were such a pain in the arse as a uh, <laughs> The fast ones. Oh my gosh, those ones drove me yeah, nuts. Yeah, with the two. No, I with the they, two. There was like three or four different types of them, yeah. and they all had different choices of like electro weapons that were kind of designed for fighting Jedi. Basically, they're they're essentially the Empire's version of a Magna Guard, but yeah, basically, but for, yeah, basically specialized for hunting and helping the the Inquisitors kill Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I felt that as a gameplay mechanic, they were great. I actually, I thought they were okay. But as a oh yeah, um, totally. I thought like I, they were a pain in the arse to fight and stuff like that. Because like uh, like the, some of them were easier, a lot easier to fight than others. But it, it yeah, like they did. It definitely kept me on my toes. Because like especially when you're fighting like a whole bunch of other enemies at the same time, and then like one or two or later they start just rolling in like a whole bunch of those guys at different points points in the game. Like I think on Nur. At one point, you're in like a, a room or something like that, and you're Quarter. fighting like a whole. Yeah, you're fighting a whole bunch of those freaking things, and it's just like holy crap! Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot to deal with. But Ben, you don't like you don't like them though. Oh, I didn't like them as a uh, as a lore like model. I kind of felt like it was just there were too many layers, right? You you have your at the top of the food chain, you have your um, your inquisitors. Or I guess Darth Vader than your inquisitors, and then you have these like. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, but guards yeah, that are right? the purge, the, the purge, purge troopers. troopers yeah. Thank you. And then you have like scout troopers with electro staffs, and then you have stormtroopers. Like it was just like there were too many layers of the same unit. It would it makes yeah. more sense that you'd yeah. have a Jedi hunting unit, and then your military police stormtrooper army. Yeah, yeah, that was that was actually something I didn't really really like. I think like the I would 
I didn't really have a problem with the purge troopers or anything like that. I think it just like stems from like I didn't understand why they felt like they needed to turn the 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 scout troopers into these like melee troopers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that had, was kind of strange too. They've had like no track record or history of doing that whatsoever, and so I I think if they had like eliminated like a lot of those units in kind of the bottom layer, like the those other the purge troopers would have been like. To, like to what you were saying ben like they wouldn't have been like an issue I, like there wouldn't have been too much recycled of the same unit kind of i actually could get behind that that makes sense that's a good point mm -hmm. yeah like, yeah i was a little confused kind of myself as well about about the like i understand it from designing a like people that like minor, minor villains that you kind of have to fight along the way but yeah i thought it was weird that they actually went with the scout trooper armor for for the electro staff scouts yeah like i thought that was that, i thought that was kind of strange i i thought i think it would have been a a bit better to kind of design just a new trooper in general as yeah. to not kind of confuse people it's like it's like okay yeah, yeah they're proficient with with an electro baton or whatever it's like yeah then like yeah then they might be specially trained it's like why don't they have a special helmet like the purge troopers do yeah like they they really i don't think they did even have like any kind of sniper in unit in the game at all so no, like, the only long yeah, range what unit they had was like the rocket launcher ones or something so it wouldn't have been like a bad fit to like put those units in from a gameplay standpoint um mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i think the only sniper you had was that purge trooper with that sniper rifle Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I agree. I would have. It, it would have been better to keep the purge troopers as purge troopers and the sniper scouts as sniper scouts. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Oh well, that's uh, that's pretty much all the questions that I got and stuff to talk about. Is there anything that you guys kind of had uh, had going? Um, I think I thought it was cool that we actually got this for, for once in the entire Star Wars series get to see a night sister as a potential good guy. That's true. That I, is true. I wasn't yeah. sure originally, like where like we fit because it's it's the idea of a potential dark side user being good, right? But yeah, yeah, they did it, and I was like, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, and like because Ventress, I don't think really counts when I when I think about Night Sisters, even though she's technically kind of one of them. Like she doesn't really use the magic, right? So. No. So uh, yeah, like as far as like a actual like night sister witch goes, like it, that's a good point. Like it's really the only time that you get a positive uh, out of those those that group. Yeah, like I honestly, it was that that whole sequence was really funny to me because like I ended up liking her character a lot more than I thought I would because at first I just thought she was this like angry hoodlum all alone on this planet basically like with the the night brothers and she's the last of her order and she's gonna like you're gonna have to fight her and kill her at some point and then she ends up being like a really uh solid addition or like character and like you mm -hmm. kind of feel for the the her plight like the plight of her situation and stuff like that and so i'm mm -hmm. definitely interested to see how they like implement her from a gameplay perspective if they if if uh, if or when they do make another game um because you didn't you only had you were only with her for like so much like or like she had a pivotal role to play but uh yeah you you didn't 
it wasn't for like you know a substantial part of the game. Yeah. And I, I can see them really getting deep. Like if they if they did uh, if they really built on her character in the sequel, like they could go anywhere, right? Because it'll be this character oh, yeah. who's naive to the galaxy. So they'll yep. go on another planet, and she'll be like shocked, like oh my goodness, there are so many trees here, or oh my goodness, like what the heck? You know, she just everything's new and fresh for her. And then I can totally. almost see them trying to build a relationship between her and Cal maybe a little bit. Oh, then, definitely, yeah. I was like, I definitely saw that when she like takes off the hood and stuff, and I was like, wow, that's actually like an attractive character, not just like an angry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like e like emo hoodlum or whatever that's been stuck on this planet by herself. Like she, she. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know totally. Yeah, basically, yeah. Not really. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for back. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's fun chatting too. It's been a while. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's been a while for sure. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Thanks, Reed. Thanks, Ben, for uh, coming back and participating on the show. Uh, super awesome. Always great to have you guys back. And uh, to all you listeners out there, if you're able to share this episode with a friend or this podcast with a with a with a, a fellow fan. Uh, that would be awesome. I know a lot of you guys are in isolation these days and, you know, Star Wars pod podcasts are, are kind of maybe what's getting you by, but uh, hopefully, you know, we're, we're able to kind of entertain you guys at home, uh, whether you're, you know, in the kitchen doing dishes, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this does some good. Um, but uh, what did you think of Jedi Fallen Order? I know EA has been kind of giving out codes here and there, left, right and center. So uh, maybe pay attention to their Twitter feed if you haven't been, uh, because uh, they have been giving away copies of the uh, game for free at this point, which is really generous. But uh, yeah, what did you think of the game? Let us know. Uh, the ways to contact us are in the description below. We're also happy to take voice memos on the show as well. Uh, I haven't received any as of yet, but uh, you know, there's always a first. So um, yeah, what did you think of the what did you think of the game? And um, you know, did you finish it? Uh, maybe that's something to do in isolation because uh, we got a lot of time on our hands these days. So I uh, <laughs> might want to get on it if you haven't yet. But uh, you know, if you if you listen to this whole thing and uh, don't care, then hopefully you got something out of it. It's a great game, and if you ever feel like picking it up, uh, it is definitely worth the money I, I pay for it. At least it's uh, got a lot of replayability, and I feel like it's a great Star Wars story. Amongst anything else, it's uh, got a lot of time and effort put into it. So. Thanks for listening, guys. May the Force be with you.